Hi, and welcome to the Mindhammer podcast series. Whether you already subscribe and follow us on social media, or it's your first time, we're delighted to have you listening to our podcast. As some of you may know, Mindhammer is all about student health and well-being. We promote a regenerative and healthy lifestyle to balance your mind and body to deliver a future that supports you. You'll hear us tackle different topics with guest speakers and explore different disciplines like coaching, psychotherapy, fitness, nutrition, homeopathy, and lots more. So let's get into today's episode and give a warm welcome to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this Mind Amog podcast on intersectionality and identity abroad. Interested in intersectionality and identity abroad? Because we sure are. You may be wondering what it is. How does it affect you? Well, intersectionality affects us all. By recognizing intersectionality, we can understand complex inequalities, work towards inclusivity, and make a change in today's world through policies and legislation. So yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So sit back and relax into this podcast while I welcome our guest, Pavan Kera. Welcome, Pavan. Hello. Thank you for having me on again. Thank you for coming back on another very interesting subject. Pavan, would you like to introduce yourself to our guest? Yes, yes. Hello, um, my name is Bhavan. I'm a counsellor with Mindhammock. Um, I'm also female. I identify as female and I identify as a brown woman. And actually, just to let our listeners know that in the podcast today, in terms of race, I, I use the term ethnic minority. And I also understand that, you know, language is very nuanced, but that term may not feel as though it represents everybody. Um, or people may not feel like it represents how they identify um, as themselves, but it's, it, I hope it encompasses, you know, most people. So that's why I've used that term today. So I just wanted to let our listeners know. Thank you, Pavan. And would you like to share with us how you define intersectionality and why it is an important concept in today's world? Yes. So let's start off by just introducing again that intersectionality. Um, it was a term that was coined by um, Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989. And she, she's a scholar from America, a legal scholar. And what it is, it's a theoretical framework. And what it does, it refers to that, that interconnected nature of social categorization. So it's race is there, class, sexuality, gender, just for example. And it's about how they apply to an individual or a group. And what intersectionality does, it, it considers, you know, these aspects of identity don't exist independently of each other. So race doesn't exist independently of gender, but they interact on multiple levels, which therefore leads to complex experiences of both privilege and discrimination. You can feel privileged in one part of your life and then uh, feel discriminated in another. And it's understanding that. So, for example, um, a woman from an ethnic minority might not only face sexism due to her gender, but also racism due to her race. And these experiences of discrimination, they don't occur separately, but they interact and they intersect. And what that does, it leads to a unique form of oppression that can be quite different from what's experienced by, say, an individual who belongs to a single marginalised group. You know, an individual maybe who who is um, female, but from, um, say, 
in England, white English. So she will not experience the racism side, but she'll experience potentially the sexism side. So it's understanding that. And why I'd say, why is it essential? You know, it's several reasons, actually. It really helps us understand complex inequalities because it can show that certain groups can face different forms of discrimination that interact with each other, as I mentioned earlier. And that leads to unique challenges and experiences. So it's really important for us to be able to understand that. It also fosters inclusive advocacy. You know, it helps make social advocacy efforts more inclusive. So, for instance, um, in early feminist movements, so in the 70s, 60s, they were actually criticised later on in the 80s because when they first originated, they focused mostly on the experiences of white middle-class women. And however, by understanding the intersectional lens, activists were able to recognise that, you know, women of colour, LGBTQ plus women, you know, women from different socioeconomic backgrounds are going to face distinct forms of oppression that also must be addressed within that feminist movement. And they, they thankfully have moved on now and we can appreciate that, you know, every individual will have a different experience dependent on their identity and intersections. And also it can inform policy and legislation. You know, intersectionality has implications for policy and legislation. You know, it encourages lawmakers to consider how various forms of discrimination can overlap. So when we're crafting laws and regulations, they can understand actually, you know, somebody may experience sexism in the workplace or they may experience, you know, um, sort of racism as well. And the two don't exist and polar opposites, they can exist together. So yes, so that's why it's, you know, that overarching framework is really important to understand. Hmm, thank you, thank you, Pavan. This is um, this is very detailed. It's um, it's fantastic the way you described it all, um, including some of the policies and legislations around it and and everything. How would you describe the concept of identity, mm-hmm. and how does it shape our inter- our interaction with the world around us? Um, so I'd say let's have a look at identity as a label. You know what it does; it tells us and others who we are. You know, it's made up of things like our name, where we come from, you know, what we look like, what we believe in. So what you like and dislike and so many other things. And it's almost like your personal brand. It's what makes you unique. And our identity helps us understand our place in the world. You know, um, for example, it's how we see the world. You know, our identity can shape the way we see and think about things around us. So for example, um, a college football player he might, he or she or they might pay more attention to sports news and think more about teamwork and strategy. We can also, you know, our identity can affect how we behave and communicate with people. So, for example, if you're an older sibling, you might end up being more protective around your younger siblings, but that identity may sort of carry on through other parts of your life so you may notice that actually you become protective of your sort of your friends or your peers and that sort of comes out and it's also how others see us you know people often react to us based on our identity um so for an an example it could be say if you've taken on the identity of a class joker people you know friends peers teachers they might not always accept expect that you're going to have down days or you feel sensitive because you've created this identity that you're you know nothing impacts you that you're you find everything humorous so that can also be 
what comes up. And it's, you know, also how we feel about ourselves. You know, our identity can influence our self-esteem, our confidence. You know, if we're proud of our identity, if we feel good about ourselves, um, and that will show. But if we're not, or if people tease us about it, then that can make us feel bad. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And um, if we bring it back onto um, our study abroad, because many of our listeners are prob- probably uh, within the study abroad um, programs, yeah. whether students or whether they're staff members that are in, uh, involved in studying in study abroad, um, what, what, how do, why don't we start maybe from, from the basic? Could you explain what study abroad entails and why it has become a popular choice for many students? Yes, yes. So looking at, so going back to the basics, what is it? Um, so studying abroad, it's when a student decides to spend part of their school or university life learning a different country. And there's various ways that this could occur. You know, sometimes a student can directly enrol in a foreign school or university and other times they might participate in a programme arranged by their own school. Um, And then that might send them to a partner institution um, in another country. And I'd say some of the reasons it's become popular um, over the years, and we've seen that in the number of students that are enrolling, it's increasing every year, is that one, new experiences, you know, Studying abroad is a great way to experience a new culture. You get to learn a new language, depending on the country you go to, try new foods, celebrate different holidays and so much more. And it's such a wonderful way to see the world. You know, you can learn about people's way of life and that can be so different from our own. Also education. You know, some students choose to study abroad because they want to learn from the best in their field. So someone might, for example, if they're studying fashion, choose to study in Paris or London you know both of those cities are known for being just epic centers of fashion career opportunities you know um it looks really great on a resume studying abroad you know it shows employers that you're adaptable that you're independent you know that you're able to interact for and with people from different cultures and these are all just really very very important skills in today's global workplace and I'd say finally, personal growth. You know, it's um, living and studying in a new country, you know, it can be challenging, but it's also such a great opportunity for personal growth. You know, students learn to be more independent. They learn to solve problems. You know, they're handling difficult situations on their own. So it's a real chance for them to learn more about themselves and really help develop their confidence and resilience. So yeah, so many, so many wonderful reasons. Thanks. Thanks, Bavan. Uh, thank you. You've done a fantastic yeah. job. Even more than myself in uh, um, the benefits <laughs> of studying abroad. So in, in, in linking it back now mm-hmm. to intersectionality, how does intersectionality help us understand the complexity of privilege and discrimination? And how, how do we link this back to the study abroad context? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. So, you know, if, so let's have, you know, if we think of intersectionality as a magnifying glass, you know, what it does, it helps us see more detail. You know, we can look at a person and we may often see them as just one thing. You know, you may look at someone and just see them as, you know, their gender or their ethnicity or if, you know, if they've got a disability. Um, but intersectionality reminds us that people are so much more complex than that. You know, they're a mix of many things at the same time. Uh, you could be 
a brown woman, you know, with a disability who's also LGBTQ plus and so on. So now why is this important? Because being a mix of many things affects people's lives in a unique way. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to put anyone in a box. So imagine, you know, for example, imagine um, you're in a classroom where all students are asked to reach a book on a high shelf. So some students can easily reach the book because they're tall and this is pretty. Some students can't reach it because they're shorter and this is a disadvantage or discrimination. But then what about a student who's not only short, but maybe also in a wheelchair? So their experience is going to be different because they're facing two disadvantages at once. So this is what intersectionality helps us understand, you know, how different parts of our identity can add up to create unique experiences of privilege and discrimination. So really, it's a tool that helps us see and understand the complexity of people's lives. And by using it, you know, we can make sure everyone's unique experiences and challenges are recognised and addressed. Yeah, that's that's why it's important. Mm. And, and and can you can you talk about the role of intersectionality mm. in the education system? Yeah, so it, it definitely has a part to play, and in various areas, you know, not just in the classroom. So looking at the classroom dynamics, you know, it's um, so intersectionality plays a vital role in understanding classroom dynamics. You know, students come from diverse backgrounds. You know, they've got different experiences based on their intersecting identities. And then these differences can affect their participation participation in the classroom. You know, it can impact their engagement and it can also impact their achievement in the classroom. You know, for instance, a student who's from um, an ethnic minority group um, who may also have a disability, they're going to face a unique challenge that neither a, a student from a racial majority is going to face or a disabled student who's from a racial majority. So it's really understanding each unique aspect of that individual and what's going on for them. And then in curriculum design, you know, in, in incorporating intersectional approach into the curriculum design, what it can do, it can lead to a more inclusive and representative content. And then what that does, that involves acknowledging and teaching about the experiences and contributions of people from different races, gender, sexual orientations, social classes and mobility. So, yeah, filtering it through into the curriculum design is really important. And I'd say teacher training, you know, educators need to be aware of the concept of intersectionality. You know, to effectively support all their students, they need to be able to understand the students' identities and how they link. And then this awareness, you know, it can shape their teaching methods, it can shape the way they manage classrooms and it can really, really shape their relationships with students. You know, they can be able to hold more empathy and compassion for each of their students and providing more trust. Um, and it just helps them understand the diverse experiences of their students. You know, it enables them to address any implicit biases that might be happening in that classroom and therefore prevent discriminatory practices. Um, I'd also say in terms of the achievement gap, you know, intersectionality can really help us understand that, you know, because it can help us understand, you know, the socioeconomic status, race, gender and other identities um, that can contribute to disparities in academic achievement. And what this does is then it can, by recognising this, you know, it can lead to more targeted, targeted and effective interventions. So yes, that's I'd, I'd say it's, yeah, definitely can play and does and play such a big part in the education system. 
And how about sharing some of the ways in which inter- intersectional identities mm. impact a student's experience while they're studying abroad? Yes. So, you know, studying abroad is such an exciting adventure. But as we've sort of touched on, you know, it can also present unique challenges as well as opportunities with students with intersecting identities. And I'd say some ways that potentially could impact is perception and treatment. You know, how, how students are perceived and treated, you know, it all, it all vary greatly depending on the culture, societal and legal context of the host country. So, for example, a student who identifies as um, from the LGBTQ plus community, you know, they may face varying levels of acceptance, discrimination or even danger, depending on where they study abroad. So it's being just, you know, conscious of that. And then interacting with locals, other students abroad might be shaped by students intersecting identities. For instance, you know, a female student may encounter gender-based stereotypes. In, you know, that's, you know, we face that everywhere, but in certain places it might be more heightened. Um, and then cultural adjustments, you know, students from certain cultural religious backgrounds might find it challenging to adjust to local customs or practices that may conflict with their own beliefs or traditions, or for example, um, a Muslim student in a country where halal food is scarce or not available, you know, that may impact their diet. And similarly for a Jewish student in terms of kosher food, being just conscious and aware of that. And then I'd say access and accommodation. You know, um, a student with a disability, they may encounter different levels of accessibility or accommodation in their host country compared to their home country. Some places, you know, there's not as many lifts, especially in older buildings. So just being conscious of actually when you are moving aboard the accommodation where it is, accessibility. And then finally, mental health. You know, students with intersecting identities, you know, they may face additional stressors which can impact their mental health. So, for example, um, a student who's also part, again, of the LGBTQ plus community, you know, they may experience increased anxiety or isolation if they're studying in a, a less accepting country. Um, but it's important to note that these experiences can greatly vary between individuals and locations. So it's, um, you know, it's something to be aware of. But it's not something to say to put you off. It's such a, as we explored earlier, it's such an amazing experience studying abroad. Thanks, Pavana. You have given us uh, mm. for sure a lot of food for thought, for thought here. So, and I hope that everyone else has been inspired by um, um, by, by this conversation. Mm. Now. We've got one last big question. Okay, yes. my question is: What advice would you give to students with intersecting identities mm-hmm. when they're studying abroad? Yes, yes. Um, so I'd say first off, you know, pre-departure, do some research. You know, before you leave, research the cultural, the societal, legal aspects of your host country. You know, and maybe understand how your own intersecting identities might be perceived and treated there. So it might it might include doing a bit of research around um, attitudes towards race or gender, sexuality, religion, etc. And then you may want to look at trying to connect with sport networks, and that could be both within your home institution as well as in your host country. And this could be other students who share your identities, 
um, local community groups you could reach out to or international organisations that are based there. And they'll all be able to provide, you know, advice, friendship and assistance during your time abroad. So you feel as though, you know, you've got these additional resources and support. And um, also communicate with your study abroad office, you know, um, discuss any concerns or questions that you may have with the, with your office. You know, and what they should be able to do, they should be able to provide resources and they should also be able to give some tailored advice dependent on your needs and also potentially, you know, connect you up with former students who've had similar experiences. Um, I'd also say cultural exchange, you know, try to view your time abroad as an opportunity for cultural exchange. You know, you can, you can really learn from the local culture. They can learn from you. and keep an open mind and, but also I'd say stand firm in your identity and your values and then self-care um, as we've touched upon living abroad can be challenging and it's important to take care of your mental and physical health you know find coping mechanisms that work for you but also don't hesitate to seek professional help if needed and mind hammer here and uh, to provide that for you as well and know your rights you know, ensure you're aware of your rights in your host country, especially regarding anti-discrimination laws or resources. And this, I'd say, can be particularly important for students who are part of my uh, marginalised groups, depending on where you go. And respect the culture of your host country, but also be aware of the difference between cultural respect and accepting discrimination. You know, you can appreciate and immerse yourself in a culture without tolerating any discriminatory practices. And finally, I'd say. Um, Stay connected, keep in touch with your support system back home. And what they'll do is they'll be able to provide you know, your emotional support. They'll be able to provide that sense of familiarity and a space to express your feelings and experiences. And I would just caveat by saying that everyone's experiences abroad is unique. And these strategies might not all apply to every situation. And the most important thing is to stay true to yourself. You know, stay true to yourself while allowing yourself to be open to new experiences and learning from others. Thank you. Well, thank you, Pavan, for uh, taking us to the end of this podcast. Thank you all for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed today's content and you have learned something new, as well as reiterated some of your beliefs and thoughts about the importance of intersectionality. Well, uh, Pavan, until the next... Uh, we will um, hope you're going to bring us back another very interesting subject so thank you very much have a nice day everybody thank you thank you everyone take care bye that brings us to the end of this episode if you're enjoying the series and like our work drop us an email at hello at mindhammock.com let us know what topic you'd like us to cover we're here to help and we'll discuss anything and include everyone. Don't forget to check out our social media at hashtag MindHammock and our website, mindhammock.com. There, you can become a free member and receive access to more content like tip sheets, webinars, and videos. At MindHammock, we aim to enrich the student lifestyle and our team of ambassadors from many universities worldwide can help you engage with our community through your uni. So, what are you waiting for? Join us in supporting your student journey. Keep in touch and stay safe. Until next time, goodbye.